Who is it that I aspire to be? That is the question that we should be asking ourselves all the time. What kind of person am I? Hey guys, it's Jasmine, and welcome to the latest episode of Lemons, a podcast about moments that have changed your life for the better or the worst. Everyone has moments where they decide to accept the sour flavors of life or to make lemonade. Either way, lessons are learned and I want to hear about them. In today's episode, I talked to my brother-in-law about growing up as a couch hopper, being a serial dater, and how he met his wife. So, without further ado, let's get into the episode. Growing up, I had a really rough childhood, specifically with my parents, my dad in particular. He's very overbearing, and if things aren't done the way he wants them done, then they've automatically been done the wrong way, no matter what the outcome is. Like, is there any, like, big thing that you can remember from your childhood that involved your dad? He typically would come to me and talk to me in terms of this is what you need to do if you want to continue living here. So I was always tasked with completing things that either were out of my grasp or that I just wasn't equipped enough to do yet, such as immediately after I graduated high school, he wanted me to get a job immediately, like the day after. And after a week of looking, I still didn't have anything. And it was already like, well, you need to be getting a job. Otherwise, why are you even here? And that caused arguments because his whole thing was, you need to pay rent, but don't pay rent because you need to save money but because you need to move out. But pay me rent, but don't pay it because you need to move out. So... <laughs> He's also a man that never knew what he wanted. Yeah, he sounds like he's really indecisive, which, you know, my parents were like that, too. They were very, like, I guess very controlling in that sense. But it wasn't like that bad. I wouldn't say it was that intense. Like for me, I used music as like an out most of the time. So like, did you have anything like that? Would you turn to like music or like drama or like writing or like any creative outlet? Or was it just kind of like you took it all and, and had that? So initially it was drawing was my outlet. I used to draw a lot. Then I was forced to go into college without any form of research or anything to prepare me for it. So I went to an art college and I hated the experience and I haven't drawn in almost 10 years now. What kind of stuff did you used to draw? Just like random shit or was it just... I did character concept design primarily, yeah. I actually designed the characters to a book that my physics teacher in high school was writing. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't think anything came of it though (laughs) because, yeah, he had no drive. But after college though, my way of getting away from it all and getting out was literally just getting away and going out. I was never home. I was sleeping at anybody's house that I could finding any excuse during the day to go out or even at night. Sometimes I'd be out till four or 5 a.m. just trying to spend the least amount of time possible at home. Well, I don't know about you, but I've had like really terrible roommate experiences. So like I could only imagine like couch hopping. Was there ever like any times where you're like, fuck, man, I hate this. Yeah. So I went to my friend Evan's house the very first time I was like, I'm leaving and I'm never coming back, which happened all the time. And Evan's Iranian. And so his parents are very, their their mindsets are very different from an American mindset because they're from Iran and they were a different type of overbearing. I also saw that they loved their kids. So it was really odd for me to witness that. But as stupid as it was, the like drawn line for me was they made dinner and I hated it. (laughs) 
<laughs> really? Yeah. It oh was, my gosh. It was absolutely terrible. <laughs> so like they made some sort of like rice with, I don't even know what it was. It was disgusting. It looked like slop. You were like, I crossed the line at rice. I'm leaving. Yeah. And Evan was like, this is the best insert random food you've never heard of name <laughs> here that you'll ever have. And I was like, well, I hate it. So if this is the best, I never want it again. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Someone does not like trying new food. Well, I mean, I was 12 years old, 13, oh, you know, 12 oh, or 13. Shit. Yeah. You were couch hopping at 12. Yeah. Like Jesus. young, young. I was out. Yeah. You know, when you're young, food is like, it's like everything here. You know, I'm out all day. I'm skateboarding. I'm, you know, running, I'm climbing trees, whatever you come home. You're like, I want something good. And yeah. if it's terrible, did you have like a favorite? Like everybody has like that dish. Like mine was SpaghettiOs. Like I fucked with SpaghettiOs <laughs> so hard when I was younger. Like, do you have anything like that's it? That's like, it made you feel like I, I say like SpaghettiOs because it was like my happy food. Like, mm. I don't remember a time where I wasn't happy eating SpaghettiOs. <laughs> um, well, I mean, you said SpaghettiOs. So like, I don't feel bad saying pizza rolls. Yeah. Like, pizza rolls were like the thing. Really? Yeah. Because like I'd get home and I'd see, oh, there's a bag of, you know, a hundred in the freezer and I'm the only one who eats them. So like this is all mine. And it was one of like the only things that I had full control over. Well, I can eat 20 now and then 80 <laughs> later, you yeah. know. Did you master cooking them? I could never, I can't, even to this day, it's either I burn the shit out of them and they're just not edible or they're cold. Yeah, but that that just came from that I had to master cooking in general. Oh, really? Because there was a while where my mom was working most mornings and my dad, he was pretty much gone all day until like eight o'clock at night. A lot of times my mom wouldn't even necessarily make dinner. It would just be, well, I'm going to McDonald's. Do you want anything? And I got to a point where I didn't want to eat like that anymore. And so I had to teach myself how to cook. Cooking pizza rolls is easy. Just put them in the oven. But <laughs> oh, so I'm just a bad cook. Then. <laughs> yeah, you're just bad at cooking. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, for, for people who don't know, me and Elijah, we lived together for a cool minute. And I would say we still kind of like live together, but not really. Like yeah, I'm more... still couch hopping. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah, you are still. <laughs> he is a little bit still couch hopping today. But like, I remember I used to cook and Elijah would eat it and then he'd just not get seconds. And if you know Elijah, <laughs> he eats everything. And I've, I don't think I've ever seen a human being eat so much food in my entire life. I mean, yeah, I'm 6'4", 220. Yeah. So I need a lot of food <laughs> to be happy. <laughs> so what was like? I guess you could say you were living like that for a while then. If you started living like that when you were 12, where was like that point in your life where you're like, I'm done doing this. Like I need to take control of, of my life more than I have already. Uh, shortly after high school and shortly after leaving college, I started dating a girl and I had been thinking about moving in with her because she had a room that we could have moved into with her mother. And I was already kind of planning on it on and off about, do I want to do this? Because I wasn't even sure if I was happy in the relationship, but whatever. Did you use that relationship as an escape from everything happening in your life? Or did you genuinely like want to be in it? Or what was it just a distraction, I guess is a better question. I was only really in the relationship and in that vulnerable place to think that I needed to be in it because of my home life. Oh, wow. So having parents that you feel don't love you and don't want you made it easier to say, oh, well, this person kind of does. Yeah. 
I, I mean, I can't lie and say that I haven't been there. I was in a really bad relationship my whole junior and senior year where it wasn't even like a relationship. It was just kind of like he was using me and I was just like, I fucking love you. (laughs) It was just not a good situation. So I can relate to that. How long were you in this relationship for? Five years. Five years. Wow. And what happened in that relationship? So it was miserable from the beginning. Mm -hmm. I think I just convinced myself that it wasn't because I was able to, you know, every time we got in a fight and, you know, she's cussing me out or she hits me or whatever. And, you know, we always, oh, let's talk about it. And then we'd be back together. So after a while, it was just, it just became comfortable. Just like, this is what it is. Occasionally she gets mad and occasionally, you know, I get hit or my stuff gets broken or things go missing. And, it was just like, well, that's what it is. That's what it is to be in a relationship, right, guys? Did you consider that like a normal thing? Because with me, I know I'm not in a relationship because I know how like I see my parents and I see like it's not a good relationship. Um, because I had never been in a serious relationship before that. I was dating a lot in high school for the simple fact of I just want to feel something from someone. And when I felt like, oh, well, I'm not getting that, I was gone. Mm-hmm. So I had relationships as short as two days. And like two days. Yeah. That sounds like <laughs> some shit I would do in the first grade. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happened in those two days that you're like, oh, hell no. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Um, let's just hope. I mean, I don't think she'd know I'm talking about her. I'm not going <laughs> to use a name, but she was just so so boring oh and she so we talked a lot over text Mm -hmm. and we talked for like two or three weeks over text before Mm -hmm. it was like all right let's get together let's go on some date and i took her out to like a movie or something i don't remember who cares and she did not speak the entire time Mm -hmm. like not one word not even like hi or bye when (laughs) we met and when i took her home she just looked at you (laughs) Yeah, she was just quiet and like she had her hand or her like her hand over her face, like, you know, those scene queens back in like 2008. Yeah, she would just giggle. It was a fucking nightmare. (laughs) I'm like, just talk to me. Just say anything. Just say hi. Come on. Just just like if I ask you what you want to eat, you just point at something. She wouldn't even do that. It was just like, like, oh, God, it was a nightmare. Oh, my God. I could not. You know, I've dealt with a lot of shit, but. I could, I can't do silence. Like if you like know me in real life, like, you know, I'm loud and I just talk and talk mm-hmm. and talk and talk and talk. And talk, and talk. <laughs> so. Yeah. No. Yeah. It, it was terrible. And then the longest relationship I think that I had before the five year nightmare was I dated a girl for three weeks and she was just so depressing. Mm-hmm. Like it was so rough. I'm sitting there like, Hey, I'm going through a lot of, you know, things and mm-hmm. i looked at her and like not to say that depression doesn't affect everybody because it easily can but at the time like i didn't need that and it was like one of those things where she would just text me at like three in the morning and be like hey i'm thinking about dying tonight and i'm like okay cool what do i do about this mm-hmm. like like dude i'm 17 i don't know well, what do i tell you so would you say she was being more manipulative than actually depressed or was it like a she's actually depressed and i can't help her kind of situation i couldn't tell i really couldn't uh now she's 
with a guy that she's been with for like five or six years and they have a kid and all that but she's like since then she's come out as gender fluid and she has a new name and i can't remember it and i keep calling her she don't at me but (laughs) i mean obviously that's how i knew her i don't know her now so i Mm -hmm. can't really speak to that Mm -hmm. but yeah so i literally just called her one night and i was like hey i can't do this anymore because like you're really a bummer (laughs) and she was like you're a bummer too i was (laughs) like yeah i know that's why like this is terrible for both of us so let's like not do this anymore very toxic she was like that's mean and i was like okay bye (laughs) (laughs) see you later deuces so then back to your five-year relationship, what made you leave the relationship? Was it just kind of like a, gotta go? Or was it like a, wow, my life is trash, I need to improve? So that relationship lasted from 2012 to 2017. And uh, like I said, from the beginning, it was it was just bad. It was rocky from like the first month. And there was maybe one year around like the third year mark was when we were at our best. We weren't arguing. We weren't fighting that often when we were stupid stuff. But then it just started to decline. And I realized like, wow, I really don't like who this person is as a person. You know, she's a procrastinator. She doesn't want to do any work for herself. Uh, I don't know if she's ever going to hear this, but I don't really give a shit. So... (laughs) She's a makeup artist, right? Yeah. And she was always posting her work online, which is like cool and all. Most of it was on me as Mm -hmm. her model. And, you know, yeah, go you post your work. But she never gave me credit when most of the time she didn't do her own sculpts. Mm -hmm. Most of the time she didn't even cast her own sculpts. She didn't even make the molds. All she would do was just glue it and paint it. So I was doing... If you know makeup work, I was doing the majority of it because I was making the mold, which, okay, that takes two hours. And then you have to make the casting that's anywhere from 30 minutes to sometimes like eight, nine hours. And then you have to pull it from the mold. And that sometimes is a nightmare. Sometimes you have to start all over. So I was doing most of the work, never getting any credit for it. And that was a contributing factor. And then there was that she was just like... When men say that women can be just as physically and emotionally abusive as men typically are, it is 100% true. Oh, definitely. Definitely. She was evil. <laughs> like she threw a one of those Catholic prayer candles at my head once Jesus. when we were in an argument. And then one time I was sitting on the floor in her room and I think I was pulling a mold apart and she threw a fork at me and it stuck into my thigh like actually stuck what and it was like what the fuck did i do (laughs) why are you stabbing me yeah why are you throwing (laughs) cutlery at me (laughs) that was my favorite form (laughs) that's not how that goes (laughs) yeah so that was a big one and then there was just even the verbal abuse was just a nightmare so she really (laughs) threw a fork straight into your leg yeah stuck right into my thigh like vertical shit was nuts and did you just pull it out? Did you go to the hospital? What'd you do? No, nah, I just pulled it out and was like, what I do now? <laughs> Can we still use this? <laughs> yeah. Uh-uh, I could not do that. Wrong thighs. I'm not KFC. <laughs> I'm not a chicken. I'm not a chicken. So, also, um, you're a scare actor. 
Yes. So how did you get into that? Was it because of this girl or did you just really like scare acting on its own? I think, well, okay. So I was scare acting way back in 2007, 2008. I don't remember which year is my first year. It's been so long, mm -hmm. but that's when I started. So I was doing small haunts that were charging maybe $5 a head mm -hmm. and working 12 to 16 hour shifts. Um, what exactly is a haunt? Like, so that? haunt would be um, like the mazes at Horror Nights or at Six Flags Fright Fest. Oh, okay. So it's like a haunted but, house. Yeah, but much bigger. Mm -hmm. So they'll usually build it out of like an old, like I've worked one that was in an old Walmart. It was the entirety wow. of the Walmart. I worked one that they built out of a Bed Bath & Beyond. I worked one that was an old airplane hangar. Wow. So like massive, massive scale um, and all run out, out of uh, volunteers. So the whole makeup department's volunteering. The, all of the scare actors are volunteering. Everybody who's running it is taking the money and putting it right back into, well, we want to do this next year. So let's go bigger next year. And it was cool because I got a lot of um, middle school and high school credit for community service off of it. Oh, wow. That's really good. Yeah, I would not have graduated high school if it wasn't for that. <laughs> <laughs> so scare acting kind of like saved your uh, degree. Not degree. What is that called? Certificate? <laughs> no, it's a degree. High school degree. Diploma. Oh, diploma. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it saved your diploma. It saved my diploma, yeah. So would you say like that really like changed your life? Like scare acting? Yes. So funnily enough, I started working Fright Fest because my ex got an email from someone else to join the makeup team. Mm -hmm. And every single time she gets denied. But I said, you know what? I'm going to go audition. And I was the only one in my little group of scare friends that had ever wanted to audition for a bigger haunt because we all saw it as like, you're a sellout. You're getting paid to do it because, you know, we're stupid young kids that don't know that you need money to do things. So I went in and I auditioned and I got it and I got a walk around, which is like the most prestigious position you can get mm -hmm. because you're not inside of a maze. You're, you know, out in the park interacting with guests directly, not just jumping out and then jumping back. I definitely would have to thank my Fright Fest job initially for my ex pushing me to do it because I don't think I ever would have if she hadn't told me I should try it. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I'll try it. She fucked herself on that one because... <laughs> A couple years later, I first auditioned in 2013, and in 2016 is where I met my my wife because she was working in my area. Oh, really? How did that go? So, like, the first night I met her, could not stand her. <laughs> and I was so rude to her. And it was because it was after the first um, full-length night, so it's a 12- to 14-hour shift again. And you get four breaks. I don't remember how they structure it. It's dumb. But after all of that, after getting out of my area, getting my makeup taken off and going to turn in my costume, she, because it was her first year, didn't know that you can just put your costume on the ledge in wardrobe and then walk out. And obviously I did know that. So I turned over to my friend Randy because she was just standing there waiting for the wardrobe attendant to come. And I was like, if you take this fucking long to turn in your shit, I'm going to kill you. So she turned around, gave me a dirty look, walked out. 
and I didn't think oh twice about it. You know what? You <laughs> always what you know what? The first time I met Elijah, he said some sly ass comment to me. Like I remember what it was. Li- what was okay, it? Okay, so you coughed and I asked if you could die a little quieter. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you see, like you can't go anywhere with Elijah because he always like it doesn't matter if it's some four-year-old little kid or some 80-year-old lady, he always has something to say. Like yeah, always. I'll roast anyone. I don't I don't really care. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's a just a coping mechanism from, you know, when you're a kid and you get bullied, there's like three roads you can go down. Mm-hmm. You can be the goofball that everybody loves. So you stop getting bullied because oh this guy is an idiot. That's funny. Or you can get extremely depressed and you know I'm never going to amount to anything. I'm sad. I hate my life. (laughs) Me. (laughs) (laughs) Or the third option I chose was just be better at clapping back. Mm -hmm. So anytime somebody has some shit to say, I always, like I always tell you. Yeah. (laughs) Whenever I meet someone, I pick three things that I can roast them on Mm -hmm. immediately. Mm -hmm. Just in case they They try to get smart with me. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's just like, I want people to know I'm not that guy. Don't Don't fuck fuck with me. me. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And with me, it's just kind of like, if somebody bothers me, I'm like, I'll beat your fucking ass. Like, I will beat your ass. And then people are like, oh, yeah, sure. And then for the people who actually get testy, you know, (laughs) they find out that I do beat people's asses. I'm little, but I will beat your ass. (laughs) Yeah, I just make them cry. (laughs) (laughs) I can attest to that. (laughs) There's been a couple times where I've gotten testy with with you and you've made me cry a lot. (laughs) Yeah, and I haven't even used my full arsenal yet. No, no, you haven't, (laughs) which is why I'm always super careful when we're like roasting each other. Yeah, you roast me and then you go, okay, never, never Never mind. mind. Never mind, I'm sorry. (laughs) No, don't hurt me. (laughs) I am fragile. Um. So we hate each other. <laughs> and uh, the next day I met her, she was in the break room and I overheard her talking about that she was vegetarian. And at the time I was vegan and I was like, oh, cool. Someone I can talk to about how eating animals gives you cancer. And that's not cool. Oh, so I talked to her and we like hit it off immediately. And then we got each other's Instagrams and we were messaging back and forth. And all the while I'm having a, you know, go well well, okay so the other thing was at the start of that year my ex did not want me to do fright fest oh really and she said if you do fright fest we're breaking up because she assumed i could make more doing another job i was doing where i was only making about 150 a week Mm-hmm. But Fright Fest is like 500 a, a weekend. I was about to say, just isn't for it like three days. for two days? Yeah, yeah, it's two, three days, and you're making double, sometimes triple what you'd make minimum wage at another job. Mm-hmm. So, like, it just made financial sense. Like, if I want to make money and I want to have free weeks, do this job. So, we pretty much broke up at the start of that year. All my shit's still at her house, but I don't want to go back. So, had you guys broken up before you met? um your wife her his wife is my sister by the way yeah. just a uh, just so we can clarify yeah but um did you you got so you guys had broken up before you met marcy pretty much like i think in the back of my head it, I, it was one of those things where like like i said we had broken up now that was my ankle we had <laughs> broken up many times before but we always ended up getting back together for some stupid reason <laughs> yeah but at the same time i had never met anybody in the interim so 
it was much easier before to be like, well, I should probably fix this. But then I met my wife and my wife. So I had <laughs> to get it wa- out. My wife. My wife. I had to say it. I just had to. I'm sorry. So I met her and it was like, like a switch went off in my head. And like, all of a sudden, like, I'm really emotional and like, what the hell? I'm like, I feel like I'm like PMSing. Like, oh, why am I so sad? but so happy now, you know? So I like threw myself into it. Like, oh, anytime I can talk to this girl, I need to talk to her. Mm-hmm. So like I said, Instagram, um, never got her phone but you know how she is about giving out her cell yeah, phone yeah she number. doesn't give her phone number to anybody yeah. because people are weird yeah she's smart <laughs> <laughs> but so I, I made a point to talk to her and then towards the end of the season if I might have even been the last day I asked if she could take a walk with me and we went into uh, a secondary break room we had and I told her like I'm struggling right now because you know, I'm still kind of in a relationship, but not really. And, you know, I really have feelings for you. And I haven't had feelings for any other girls in, you know, four years at that point. And she was just kind of like, cool. And I was like, all <laughs> right, up, bro. All right, <laughs> you cool. <got> a girl. <laughs> yeah. Finished out the night, went, got super fucking drunk at the bar with her, took her phone, took a selfie of myself, took a picture of her. She still has it. Really? on her phone wow. yeah the pictures i, I took. have not seen that yeah it's a picture of her and her like she was in the middle of talking so her lip was all funny <laughs> and i had put my beer in front of her and i just captioned it wasted yeah it was really funny I was, <laughs> I was, that was hilarious so then we go bowling mm-hmm. a week later and the day before we went bowling i had gone back home where my ex lived and she was like i missed you and i was like well, I didn't really miss you, but okay, let's talk. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, again, comfortability. So we talked and we ended up getting back together. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh. You see, I haven't heard the full story, but I heard about um a couple things. Yeah. But like I haven't heard that. That was yeah, that's it new. was it was rough. And then so during that time, uh I had my own cell phone, but I didn't have a carrier. Because I was trying to save up for a new phone and I didn't want to pay a phone bill when I could just use Wi-Fi with my current phone. So when I absolutely needed a cell phone, I would use my ex's phone, which wasn't often, but it was often enough that I was using it. We shared a phone. So when I went into the group chat for our our zone, when they wanted to go bowling, I was saying, yeah, I'm totally down to go. And then all of a sudden, my ex, who never wanted to go out, who never wanted to meet my friends, who would get mad at me if I wanted to go see my friends, all of a sudden wants to go. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking now she probably had read some of those messages already. And honestly, when I say now, I mean literally right this very second. (laughs) I didn't think about it until right now. Yeah, because it was always odd to me how mad she was. Uh, I didn't even get to why she was mad. So we go bowling Mm -hmm. and my current wife is there with her friends and they're talking and I say hi. And, you know, my ex walks up and doesn't say hi to anyone because she's evil. 
And my my current wife is being really awkward with me. And, you know, obviously because she had feelings for me and she knew I had feelings for her, but here I am showing up with another girl mm-hmm. and I'm feeling shitty. And obviously she's feeling shitty, but my ex is feeling like I got to show off that he's my man's because <laughs> that's who I am, even though that's not who she was at all. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, making any excuse to, you know, sit on my lap or try to kiss me or tell everybody about, you know, things, anything she could, you know, Oh, a proposal. Elijah does that. <laughs> Oof, no, <laughs> we're not going into that one. <laughs> so Marcy leaves and she has our friend Crystal message me on Instagram and say, tell Elijah, I'm sorry. I was rude, but I like him. And it was hard seeing him with another girl, mm-hmm. something to that effect. And my ex reads it and just goes fucking ballistic in the middle of a bowling alley just starts screaming you know we share a phone and i'm sitting there like okay i want to go so i get her outside and into the parking lot she's still screaming and my buddy gmo is like hey am i still driving you home and i'm like yeah so gmo's truck is it only has one like a front row of seats and the back row is not a row of seats. It's just just an empty space. So we had driven up there with someone else where we fit all three of us in the car and we were driving back with him. So I had to lay behind the seats, completely like <laughs> mummified, wrapped up in all of his jumper cables and shit while she sat in the front and just bitched the entire time mm-hmm. about the night, how shitty it was. So we get home. I'm extremely upset. She takes the phone. She blocks my wife. Mm-hmm. She blocks her sister. Not mm-hmm. you, obviously. No, I, I hadn't met you. Yeah. And she tells me, you're never allowed to talk to them again. Mm-hmm. And I say, I'm going for a walk. Mm-hmm. You know what? The funny thing is, is I remember that because Marcy and Sonia both um, asked for my phone mm-hmm. and they went on your profile and they're like, yeah, he blocked both of us on purpose because I hadn't been blocked. Yeah. And my sister was like, he's so cute, isn't he? And I was like, um, <laughs> <laughs> he's okay. New. <laughs> Insert but, Bugs Bunny. <laughs> no, no, but that's what I was saying. Like, you didn't know who I was, but I knew who you were like yeah. way before because Marcy had like been bitching about you like for a minute she said that you're like playing with her feelings and all that shit yeah I wasn't (laughs) not on purpose at least um yeah so I said I'm going for a walk Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to think in in a way to put the distance in perspective I basically walked 20-25 miles that night damn walked all the way from my house in Reseda to North Hollywood, to Universal. Mm -hmm. And then just stayed out all night. Didn't come back until 7 or 8 the next morning. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I was very upset. Got back, was expecting, where have you been or are you okay? Got, so you're finally back. Okay, make breakfast. I was like, She said that to you? Yeah. Oh, hell no. Yeah, I've always been the cooking bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you do what you do, uh... I love cooking though. I don't mind it. I don't mind it though. I like cooking. Yeah. You're very, I guess you could say submissive when it comes to doing like, I guess that's like your, like, you know, you've heard of like love languages though. I feel like that's kind of like your love language is like acts of love. Like when people like you care about ask you to do something, I've never seen you like hesitate. You always just like, you bitch and moan. Oh yeah. I'll bitch and moan. Yeah. But you still (laughs) do it, you know? Yeah. I just want to be a helpful person. (laughs) 
That's a complete lie. No. Stupid. No. Uh, year goes by. Ooh, year. And I haven't talked to her in a year. I go back to Fright Fest and she's in my area again. So I tell my buddy Sean, I'm like, hey, Sean, like, can you tell Marcy that I really want to talk to her and like just kind of clear up what happened? And he's like, totally. So he goes to Marcy and says, Elijah says, talk to him right now. I'm like, cool. Not what I said at all, but all right. So she comes up to me the next day and she's like, Sean said to talk to you. And I was like, fuck, this is already like, okay, first of all, what did he say? Because he is notorious for just like, you tell Sean. Hey, can you order a cheeseburger for me? And he'll go up to the counter and say, my buddy says, give him a cheeseburger or you're a bitch. <laughs> like he just, he's an idiot. He just twists shit. But I love him, but yeah. he's an idiot. And so I talked to her and, you know, we just did this stupid small talk. Have you been, you know? And then eventually I was just like, so about last year, she was like, yeah. And I was like, I really sorry. And that was absolutely horrible. And if you never want to talk to me again, that's fine. However, I still have those same feelings. It was like instantaneous the minute I saw her, which like I had already been thinking about her for a year, mm -hmm. trying to look at her profile, but not being able to. <laughs> Failing. Yeah. So like I would every time I'd hang out with Sean, hey, let me see your profile, you know, so I had like, but then when I saw her, it was like to the max, like, oh my God. And she was just like, yeah, I do too. And I was like, I'm really glad we had this talk. She was like, me too. I have to go do something. I was like, that's fine. She walked away. I kid you not, the minute she walked away, I called up my dad, who at that point we were okay because mm -hmm. I hadn't lived with him for five years. So he was way less of a dick because mm -hmm. I wasn't his problem anymore. Mm -hmm. called him in and said, Hey, I'm moving out of my ex's house right now. Like tonight. Is that cool with you? And he's like, what happened? And I was like, I hate her. I'm leaving. Is that cool? And he was like, yeah, that's fine. Moved out two days later, just because of like logistics of like, I went back, I talked to her about it, told her how I was feeling. She did not take it well, obviously, mm -hmm. and didn't respond to me in a way that I felt like, well, maybe we can work through this. I just, I was very straight up with her. I'm unhappy with you. I have been unhappy with you for two, three years now. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be in this anymore. Like, I just can't do it. And her response was like, all of a sudden, she's showing all this emotion that she hadn't shown for five years. You love it. I love you. And you're, you're, oh, here's the funny one. She literally said to me, I don't know what she fucking thought she'd get out of this. She literally said to me, you're the only guy I've never cheated on. Oh, what? What? <laughs> what? Okay, cool. Good for you. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thanks. Wow. Thanks I'm for, so special. <laughs> thanks for not doing something that you shouldn't have done anyways. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for, for doing the girlfriend. Thanks for doing the bare minimum. Real <laughs> glad. <laughs> and uh, yeah, moved out. And um, the next morning, messaged Marcy and was like, hey, let's get coffee. Mm -hmm. And she was like, isn't insert X's name here going to be angry about that? And I was like, I don't know, probably, but it doesn't really matter. We're not together anymore. And she was like, you just were yesterday. And I was like, not anymore. <laughs> and she was like, okay. So we made plans to hang out that night. And then she stood me up. Oh, but fuck. it was, she had a class that was canceled, but then they uh, ended up putting it back up again. Oh, okay. I don't know what exactly happened, but 
she ended up having to go to class. So I didn't end up getting to hang out there that night, but I did the next night. That's not standing you up though. Did no, she let yeah, you but know? She waited until I got to the bus stop. Oh. Like I didn't get on the bus, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I was at the bus stop. She was like, hey, by the way, my class is back up. And I was like, fucking cool. It's <laughs> like eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or no, it was like seven o'clock because that's when her classes started. And so then we hung out almost every single day for pretty much all of Fright Fest. And then in December, I was like, hey, we should make this official. And she was like, okay. (laughs) And then I asked her to marry me on December 10th of 2019, right? Yeah, 19. No, 18. No, it was 19 because I still lived. Oh, it was 18 18. because I still lived in LA. Because this is 2020. Yeah. Yeah. This year has gone by so So fast fast that... Time means nothing anymore. Yeah. So forgive me for not remembering my no, engagement no. date. <laughs> no, I get it. I mean, yeah. shit. Like, I think about, man, like, I know you still kind of live out there. But even for me, like, when I think about, like, living in L.A., that mm-hmm. shit seems like it didn't even happen. Like, it was a year, year and yeah. a half. Yeah, but it cause... was like, I was there and then I wasn't. After all that, that shit happened. You know, you found your wife. You mm-hmm. fixed your relationship kind of with your dad. Yeah. And, you know, you got married in what, 20, 2019? Yeah, you said that already, didn't you? Uh, yeah, 2019. Yeah, you got, I got married, married in 2019. Yeah. And I think that, like, catches us up kind of, like, to where you are now. So I guess the real question is, like, who do you want to be, like, in, in the future? Like, what are you working towards? Or is it just kind of like you're still doing what you're doing um, when you're in the past? Obviously, like, people struggle with stuff. So I'm a very big advocate in that you don't have to have a dream in order to be successful. You don't need a, you know, specific career that you're like, I'm going to make a difference like this because it's the only way I'm going to be fulfilled in life. Um, I very thoroughly believe that, you know, for me, at least at the very least, if I can bring my family to Disneyland, you know, once a month, twice a month, whatever, if they're able to eat, if I'm able to love my my wife and my kids and, you know, our cats, whatever, (laughs) Like, that's all I need. I don't need anything else. Mm -hmm. So that was really hard for me to come to grips with, especially after going through college twice and leaving both times because I just felt like, well, school doesn't work for me. It just doesn't. Mm -hmm. I hate it. Um, I don't learn this way. And I just came to terms with, well, I don't need a thing because all I know for sure is that I just want to be a good husband and a good father eventually. That's all I need out of life. That's good. Yeah. That's a good answer. I think um, everybody used to strive to like want to be like a good wife or a good husband, but um, the tables kind of turned a little bit to where everybody needed to have a career and have a life and stuff. So when people say that, you know, they genuinely just want to like be a good husband and be a good father and and be happy. I think that's something to, that's a good goal to strive for at the end of the day. You know, everybody has something that they're good at. And and I honestly believe that you'd be a good dad. From the way I was treated as a child, Mm -hmm. I know exactly what I don't want out of life. Mm -hmm. Just seeing where my dad even is at now, he's making almost $200,000 a year and he's still so unhappy in the career he wants like Mm. he claims to love his job and he's glad he went to school and you know got an education for it but he still hates it Mm -hmm. still hates everything you know he hates having the house he has he hates all the animals his kids his wife like he's miserable yeah and i'm like 
well, what if I don't do any of that? Like, it has to be different than what he's experiencing. Because mm-hmm. if he has everything that I would say a successful person should have, you know, a well-paying job, a wife who loves him, kids who like him kind of, and, mm-hmm. you know, a house, a beautiful house that is kind of gone to shit, but, you know, like he should be happy and he's not. So mm-hmm. obviously, you know, having a career and getting a lot of money doesn't really do much if you're not happy with who you are. I think that was a genuine, really interesting um, story that you told. We can relate and see where people are going from there as well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So that's it, guys. See you next time.